Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you, hopefully to encourage your heart and your walk with Jesus. You know, there are few objects in our natural environment that are used as analogies in poetry and song as often as the sun. When I typed those words, several songs came immediately to mind. I won't bore you with them all. You know what I mean. Last week here, we enjoyed some beautiful sunny fall days. Those days just cheer you up and give you a better outlook on life. One famous song says, Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy. Somebody tried to explain this phenomenon to me once about sunny days making you feel good and cloudy days depressing you. Something about positive or negative ions raining down on us. I don't know. I did take natural science in college, but I'm thinking it was before they discovered ions, maybe. The sun up in the sky is our light and our life. All life on earth, even that life in the depths of the sea, is only possible because the sun shines down on us. The sun controls the weather. The sun lifts the moisture up from the sea to form clouds, which rain down on the ground to cause plants to grow to keep us alive. Then there's photosynthesis and so many other things the sun does that I can't cover in this short talk. You know, it's pretty cool for English-speaking Christians that the word sun, S-U-N, is pronounced exactly like sun, S-O-N. John said in chapter 1 of his gospel that in him, that is in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of men. Life and light. Light and life. Listen to this wonderful passage in the last chapter of the Old Testament, Malachi 4, 1-3. Malachi 4 is looking ahead to the day of the Lord, the day of God's final vengeance on sinners. It speaks of the fate of the wicked and also the deliverance of the people of God. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act says the Lord of hosts. For those who fear God, the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Someday there will be a new dawning, not of the yellow star we see in the sky on clear days, but of the sun of righteousness, the son of God. Jesus is coming back not as a suffering servant, but as the victorious King of kings and Lord of lords. He will take vengeance on evil and vanquish it forever. God will burn up the wicked 
and they will be no more. The people of God will trample the ashes of the wicked. That day is coming just as sure as the sun will appear tomorrow in the eastern sky. I see a parallel between the oven in verse 1 and the sun of righteousness in verse 2. You know, the sun is just the right distance from the earth to sustain life on earth, clear evidence of God's master design. As you learned in grade school, it is around 93 million miles from earth. It's a good thing for us. It is so far away. The sun is 1.3 million times the size of the earth and by itself constitutes 99.8% of the mass of the entire solar system. The core of the sun is over 27 million degrees. That's hotter than Memphis in August. Probably not as humid, though. When Jesus comes back, Malachi says, it will be a day burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts. But while it will be a day of incineration for the wicked, it will be a day of eternal healing for the people of God. For us, it will be a beautiful dawn that makes all things new. It will usher in lasting paradise where God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Because of the earth's rotation every 24 hours, the point where we live on this planet turns away from the light and warmth of the sun, and we enter a period of darkness. Sadly, many people have turned away from the love and light of Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness, and have embraced darkness. But the darkness they embrace is more than just the absence of light, as in the nighttime we experience on earth. There is a personality behind the darkness that mankind turns to. That personality is the ruler of this present darkness, as Paul puts it in Ephesians. And he's the leader of the spiritual forces of evil. We call him the devil and Satan. Most people in this world don't know that they are under his dominion, and most would mock you if you told them, but they are. Jesus said to his opponents, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Many of you perhaps are very frustrated by what you see going on in the world. It seems that lies are prevailing, and the truth is fallen in the street, as the prophet said. Many are despairing. But let me remind you of one thing. 
Someday, Jesus is coming back, riding on a white horse. From his mouth will come a sharp sword with which he will strike the nations of this world. That day will burn like an oven. Some people say that talk of the return of Christ amounts to escapism. You Christians can't deal with reality, so you you talk about this mythical second coming. My friend, the second coming is not about escapism, but about the final victory over evil. I promise you, there will be no escape for those who have rejected Jesus Christ and his gracious offer of forgiveness and salvation. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. The Bible strictly warns us against trying to set dates, even approximate ones. If I had my way, he would come back right now. But, as Peter says, with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God is patient towards sinners. He reaches out to them day after day in love, offering forgiveness, offering the gift of eternal life. But someday that offer will be no more, and final judgment will come. For those who are longing for that day, for those who have repented of their sins and trusted the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, that day will bring salvation and deliverance from the evil that we've struggled against for so long. I pray that his coming is soon. I won't be surprised if it is. Lord Jesus, we say with John the Revelator, even so come, Lord Jesus. We long for your coming. We long for you to make things right in this world. Until then, help us to be faithful, to spread the gospel, to spread the love of Christ in this lost world. In your name we pray. Amen. My good friends, I thank you for listening, and I thank you for uh, contacting me. I like getting emails from listeners. I know you're out there, and so I pray you'll do that. And I ask you to pray for our church, the Bread of Life Anglican Church in Schenectady. We meet at the American Legion Hall, which is at 1809 Union Street, the corner of Cornelius. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. If you're in the area and you don't have a church home, come visit with us. And as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.